welcome to the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name is Richard Curry, and in 2013, I started a Facebook group dedicated to teaching people how to travel the world using points and miles. Today, over 50,000 members of Award Travel 101 share, teach, and learn how to travel the world on any budget. This podcast is not only a recap of award travel news and strategy, but also a glimpse into my life of running a Facebook group full-time and the lives of our members. Before we start this week's episode, here's a word from our sponsor. Running a Facebook group of over 60,000 people means I get asked a lot of questions. One of the most common is, Richard, where are you always finding these cheap flights and these mistake fares? I feel like I'm always missing out. Never miss a deal again by using Thrifty Traveler Premium. This is over 80 international flight deals a month delivered right to your inbox. Sign up today. Try it for free at thriftytraveler.com slash AT101. Get deals like instant mistake fare notification for $238 round trip flights to Croatia. Filter the notifications you get based on your departure city and your surrounding cities. You can use points to book these fares like Amex Membership Rewards, Chase Ultimate Rewards, and you're going to get miles when you fly these amazing deals. They even send me SkyMiles flash sales so I never miss an opportunity to get free or cheap flights. Never miss a deal again. Thrifty Traveler Premium. Sign up today. Try it for free. ThriftyTraveler.com slash AT101. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Award Travel 101 podcast where I have a few interesting stories for you. Joining me, like he does many times, Mr. Ed Pizzarello from Pizza in Motion on the Boarding Area Network and the Miles to Go podcast. Ed, you've had an interesting couple of days. I sure have, and uh, I am happy to be back here uh, as your trusty, faithful sidekick. Yeah, we're still in litigation, ladies and gentlemen, over who's, who's sidekick. Um, maybe we'll just be like the three-legged men or the, the two guys, the conjoined twins, whatever you want to call them. And uh, go do some some rounds together where we're always tied together at the hip. But uh, you got to put some platform shoes on. What are you like five two? How tall are you? Something like that. And by the way, this is the third time in a row that I'm on your podcast, so I think I have officially assumed the sidekick role for the time being. Well, it's because we have some good stories. All right, two topics today. Yeah, two topics today, ladies and gentlemen. First, I'm going to tell you why. One fateful day uh, a couple years ago in a small city in rural Georgia, I spent ten thousand dollars at a Dollar General in one transaction. That's right, $10,000 at a Dollar General. But first, I want to start with Ed's story about, I think he almost hit eight hours on the phone with United. So we're going to talk about some more made-up currencies, a.k.a. loyalty programs, where it's all made up and the points don't matter, just like Ed's Premier 1K status doesn't matter with United. (laughs) So Ed, very quickly, tell us why you were on the phone for almost eight hours with United, and I'll have some follow-up questions as you go. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, and I will say the, the the Dollar General store story comes from the fact that you told me that in passing as a joke, and I just laughed because I couldn't actually believe that somebody did that. So I can't wait to hear the story because I haven't heard it either. Um, it's a good story. The short version of the United story is um, is I did reach nine hours on the phone over the course of uh, four phone calls and eleven different uh, people in three departments. Um, called up to ask about adding a domestic segment to an award, um, which I thought would be something of an exception, and a supervisor agreed to help me. And after the call was over, uh, 170,000 United Miles disappeared from my account. I called back. Uh, another supervisor told me that the first agent, uh, the first supervisor uh, couldn't have been correct, 
um, and that this was the right price and that my miles were gone. Uh, but then she said she would make an exception for me and, um, and that, I, and that she could give me back 65,000 of the miles and, uh, reticket me because my tickets were invalid. Uh, after about two and a half hours on the phone with her, um, instead of giving me 65,000 miles back, she took another 15,000 miles. Uh, <laughs> I, I asked her to stop and I hung up and, and made another run at it. Um, as it stands today, I am, uh, I took a, I took a voluntary downgrade, uh, on one of the segments, um, uh, to get some miles back and get the family sitting together. So we're out uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 120,000 miles. Um, we're no longer in first class. We're in coach. And um, nobody, uh, everybody says it's somebody else's problem to solve at United. I've spoken with the three departments um, that, uh, that, could, that could help. And all three have said that I need to speak to one of the other three. So not really sure where I go next. So you had an international itinerary and you want to put a domestic segment on it? Correct. Yeah, we uh, we wanted to we wanted to add a domestic segment. Um, we were in first class on the domestic segment we had, and uh, essentially what the super, first supervisor worked out with me was, we're going to downgrade you to coach on both segments. We're going to add we're going to add a segment, and we're going to downgrade you to coach, and we're going to charge you a little bit of miles. And I was I was okay with that. And then she was able to get three of us back in first because she found some seats and was going to charge us a little bit of mileage for that. And I said, great, like, that's fine. I'll sit and coach. The family can sit first. And then all hell break loose. Is this a result of the new dynamic award pricing model that United's using? The best answer I can give right now is I'm not sure. So um, what the agents are telling me now is that these this is how things are pricing today. Um, the problem with it is, is that Essentially, without getting way too deep down the rabbit hole, they they charge an extra eighty. They say they charge an extra eighty two thousand five hundred miles per ticket, which would be um, standard uh, coach on uh, one segment and standard first class on second segment. Um, the only problem with that is I'm not in first class, and when this whole thing started, I had a first class saver segment, and so now instead I have two standard coach segments priced at numbers that no human being would ever pay for a flight. And these are premier 1K agents that you're speaking with, supposedly the top trained people who know everything. For sure. And and then I tried to make that point to them. At the point at which that this happened with my account, there were a number of things that were troublesome. But one of them was, hey, I was speaking to a supervisor. And at the point at which you told me that I must have misunderstood the agent, I didn't actually have enough miles in my account. Um, for them to charge me 82,500 miles per ticket, which is why the tickets ended up, quote unquote, becoming invalid because there weren't enough miles in my account. So as, as I said to more than one supervisor, I'm a 1K customer, been for a long time, uh, you know, in the in the very small world where I where I misunderstood this and, and agreed to something that's completely bat, you know what, crazy, I never had enough miles in my account. And one of the first things that they do on the 1K line uh, on any of the miles plus lines, when you when when something when you're going to take miles out of account, they um, they verify your miles plus account with um, with your with your questions, right? And then they confirm you have enough miles. And I said, well, like, how did the supervisor do that? Because I didn't have enough miles. That was actually my first thought. I wanted to give you a round of applause for actually having 170,000 spare miles sitting in your account. Right, that's 
I didn't think you actually collected miles anymore. I thought you were too big time to do that kind of stuff. I'm, I am one of those people that likes to hoard them. I'll be honest. I'm not. I know we have a lot of folks. <laughs> I thought you were about to say I am one of those people that's kind of a big time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we all know I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I I tend to hoard my miles. Um, but I tend to hoard them in my flexible currency accounts, like Chase and uh, and uh, and American Express membership rewards. But no, I didn't have enough miles in my account for this. Um, but. Um, uh, but I did transfer some in after she was done um, because I was getting ready to book another ticket for my family. And uh, those miles were the ones that disappeared later after the fact. Most of them. Uh, so, you're, so you're not sitting negative right now? I'm not sitting negative right now only because another agent told well, me that. In, in your heart, you're negative. I am. I'm a cold, dark <laughs> man. Account. Yes. Um, no, an agent told uh, another supervisor told me she was making an exception and wouldn't take my last 40,000 miles. That was the one that was going to give me 65, but instead she took 15. And um, yeah, that explanation was, was pretty priceless. So this is a running theme for us here in the War Travel 101 podcast as things continue to go wrong for Ed and I. I. I'm really not sure what we did in a previous life or on a previous flight. I've always been extremely kind to all of my in-flight staff and uh, hotel staff I come across because they have these powers. But, man, we're just striking out here. And we're the quote-unquote pros at this. And we're just we're really bad right now at a war travel <laughs> between the two of us. We are, and I think I'm going to make the same point I made when we did the segment on uh, your Bonvoy problems. Um, you know, if if uh, if if folks like you and I that are supposed to know the ins and outs of the program can't get resolutions like this, I feel I feel bad for the normal everyday traveler who likely just gives up when this happens and and throws their arms up in the air and and doesn't take the dream vacation for their family. 170 thousand miles, though it would. I don't think there's a situation exists where I would give up or hopefully many people would give up on 170,000 miles. So you had, you had an international itinerary and you said, okay, I want to fly an additional segment. And they said, okay, you worked it out. And they ended up taking an additional 82,500 miles per ticket for just adding the extra segment. Is that what happened? After the fact, because at, uh, while I was on the call, that did not happen. It didn't happen. It did, yeah, it did not happen. The way it was described on the call was, it was one of those things where the numbers that the agent gave me, the supervisor gave me, were puzzling to me because they didn't they didn't add up for me. But um, as folks who who redeem on United know that you know now that the agents don't have their old system of shares where they have more ability to move stuff around and, and peek and see and stuff like that, that you know they they just they take whatever the computer sort of feeds them. And so she read me off some numbers, and I said I remember saying to her. Those numbers sound off. Are you sure? You know, I know the computer can spit out some weird stuff, and I just want to make sure that, you know, this one's in my favor. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page on what the numbers are. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Um, you know, if you're willing to add that segment for those that price, I'm I'm willing to do it. Well, you got that one wrong, Mister Gift Horse Non Looker. You should look next time. <laughs> I should, I should, I should check and see how many teeth the horse has. And the problem with it, the, the the thing that really irks me about this one specifically is like wherever the dust settles on it, you know, whatever was supposed to be quote unquote right or any of that, you know, horse, you know what? I mean, the reality is, is that at the point at which I called United, I had a choice to solve this with a cash ticket on Southwest and it would have cost me um, under a thousand dollars because my wife has the companion pass. Um, so we, I would have had to buy three tickets at most and I probably could have used points. Um, so I could have gotten away for <clears throat> maybe 500 bucks. And now the two choices that I'm left after I've sunk costs in uh, you know, unrefund, non-refundable hotel and tickets in California um, to make this happen for my son. My two choices are to, you know, kiss, you know, what's about $3,000 worth of miles goodbye 
or to spend $2,000 uh, on four tickets now because those are the cheapest tickets that I can find now that United has dragged their feet and then said they're not going to help. So, Dude, you are way too busy a man to be spending eight or nine hours on the phone <laughs> with an airline that you have top-tier status with. I'm sorry that happened to you. Uh, do you think there's – is there any phone call or message outstanding or waiting that can solve this for you, or are you done? There's none outstanding. Um, I have two more things I'm going to do. There are a couple of folks that know the the program. I don't complain very often, to be honest. I I, I, I usually let most things go. I you know I, I will complain on Twitter about the Wi-Fi and stuff like that because I do think that they need to that that stuff needs to be public so customers know what to expect. But I don't call United very often for stuff. I just you know like there's just too much going on as you say in the business world for me to have to like take that time. It's not the, the time value of money is not there. Um, but so I learned from a couple of folks, um, you know, friends and readers. You know, thank you guys for for weighing in. Um, and there are two more avenues that that I can go down. I'm going to send an email to the one K Voice, which I knew about uh, but had to be reminded about. And then there's an escalation path with uh, customer care, and uh, those appear to be the last two avenues, which. Which I'll definitely go down, and then like like you, I'm at that point. I'm not gonna, not gonna, you know, go con- contact somebody at United PR or anything like that. I'm, you know, yes, I'm a blogger, but I'm I'm just a customer, and um, you know, I, as I said to the agent on the, on the phone yesterday, like I, I feel badly for you know the whole circumstances here. The reality of it is, is as a human being, I'm probably going to move a bunch of my business from United just because I can't. I mean, I'm I'm fifteen thousand dollars in this year on spending on business tickets. Um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty decent chunk of change. And I just, um, I just, I just can't wrap my arms around continuing to put my money with, with, uh, with a company that does that because it just, it just doesn't make sense for me. Real quick. Tell us what the one K voice is. Uh, one K voice is a, is a line set up for um, specifically just 1K customers who have customer service issues. And these folks are dedicated to customer care of the of the top tier elites. And the, the purpose for it is really just supposed to be for when you have this sort of an issue. And they're not, they're not the ones that are going to, you know, you know, repair a flight itinerary or, or find that magical connection. They're likely going to give you either miles or, you know, a, a voucher to make up for the problem. Um, so there's a different way to reach them um, than just calling the 1K line. You can also email them. And um, I'm going to try that uh, Try that today. And what's your best of luck as you go down? I think if I was out 170,000 miles, or I think you said maybe 110, even 110,000 now, I might use my silver bullet to the PR folks to, to get this rectified because that's just, that's a lot of work and that's a lot of spin. And it's not like you're, not a United customer that's calling in a special favor. As you said, you've given them $15,000 in business here in June when we're recording this. And uh, I think it, I, I would encourage you like you encouraged me last week uh, to reach out to your contacts and, and get that amount of miles back. Cause that is crazy, man. And I, that's why I used to be, I used to spend the vast majority of my time in award travel and award booking on the United website circa 2013 through 2016. But with the almost unrecognizable program now from what it was just a couple of years ago, I don't touch the thing hardly anymore. Used to do some amazing things on the award search engine. The agents were empowered. But now, like you said, with this new system, they're just people in front of a keyboard that do what computers say, whether it's right or wrong. And wrong in your case, obviously. And it just does not encourage me to to do very much uh, with United anymore compared to what I used to do, which maybe they're happy about. But 
I'm sure bummed about it. And I have no desire to fly United domestically because I know the Wi-Fi never works, which is important for us who work online and four or five hour flight is a lot of dead time. And uh, best of luck on this one, man. Please let us know how it turns out and not if, but when you get your miles back. <laughs> I'm still on the I'm still on the if line, but I got to say that, you know, if the computer is just going to dictate everything, I think I'd rather they just had bots that answered the phone yeah. because at least then I wouldn't. Uh, you know, there were a couple of 90 minute hold times uh, stuck in there. And it's sort of like, well, you know, if it's just going to be whatever the computer tells you, then just give me a bot. And I could have saved, you know, four hours and been told no, you know, by, by like hour three and a half or something. I, I think that's the way things are going anyways, these automated chat bots and whatnot. Um, or the automated phone options where they make it almost impossible to actually get to a live agent. I can't, <laughs> man, I cannot stand when you go through a phone menu and you're trying to get to an agent or you're trying to get a quick answer. And they say, just, they're like, thanks for calling today. Goodbye. And you have to start all over again. <laughs> you ever done that? And you're like, wait a minute. This, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move forward and uh, off of our topic here of misfortune amongst us, <laughs> oh, poor travelers, at least Ed and I. Um, and go on to my story that I haven't told in quite a while and actually is a bigger topic that I have not spoken about publicly in a very long time. But I think it's a, a good day to do it. And it starts with spending $10,000 at a Dollar General store in one transaction. This was about 2016, I think it was. Hogansville, Georgia. I guarantee you nobody here has heard of Hogansville. Ed, it has a population of about 5,000. happens to be where Emily and Emily's mom grew up. Uh, it is a suburb of the city I grew up in, LaGrange, and LaGrange doesn't have suburbs because it's not big enough, but that's what we call Hogansville. <laughs> and it has a couple stoplights. It's got a couple restaurants and gas stations out by the interstate. It has a really dead and out-of-business main street. Um, and all you're going to find there is an old train depot that actually has a bunch of old train cars that have been sitting there resting for decades, a Walgreens, a Dollar General, and like a mom-and-pop pizza place. So... This is all about manufactured spend. Now, people have a lot of questions about this, but very briefly, manufactured spend is when you put spend on a credit card, you buy something that is able to be liquidated back to cash in one form or another to pay off the credit card bill and be left just with points. There are a lot of ethical considerations. There's a lot of business considerations. There's a lot of personal risk with this behavior. But, uh, Ed, I'm sure just like me, you know people... I know people who do this for a full-time living because of the advantage they can gain from cashback cards yeah. and points. They actually manufacture spend full-time for a living. And when I first got started in points and miles and after I got rather savvy, I saw some of the opportunities out there, which by the way, the method I'm describing is long since dead um, as are many of the methods. And it used to be a lot easier than it is now because of the popularity of this. But uh, first thing you know is it's risky. Second thing you know is credit card issuers don't like it, which is a, a large reason why I don't really do much of it, if any at all, in the last couple of years. But uh, one day I went down to Hogansville, Georgia, which they are some of the nicest, most genuine people in the world, Ed. But uh, the vast majority have never left the county that Hogansville's in. Uh, they do not have passports, and they are just very simple country Georgia people. So I rolled in one day and I was after a variety of gift cards that PayPal sold that you could buy with a credit card that was very easily able to be turned back into cash in a matter of minutes, actually in the parking lot in your car and uh, go ahead and pay off the bill if 
you could prepay an account. Now, some credit cards won't let you pay off the account until the balance is posted, but uh, the one that I was using lets you let you make you do a uh, prepayment before the charge even posted. And before I even left the Dollar General, you know, you're 20, 30,000 points or miles in. So when you go into a Dollar General and you you got you, you got you got to think you got to think you're the only person that's ever dropped 10k at that Dollar General. I would wager to guess not many people at all have ever dropped yeah. ten thousand dollars at a Dollar General before. This actually was not a known method that was ever talked about. And Dollar General was not one of the target stores. Uh, Family Dollar actually was a longtime target for manufacturer spend for another avenue. But uh, when what I always did is I would go into a store and you can't just go in and do something like this. You have to talk to the manager. You got to talk to the cashier it, give them some kind of pre-store about what you're doing. So that, especially in a small town like Hogansville, Georgia, uh, it's very likely that the police would show up or something like that. Cause there's not a lot going on anyways. Uh, there's, you know, unfortunately a very significant portion of the population in a repressed rural Georgia's town that is uh, low income. And uh, there are some shady things that go on. There's also a lot of white collar crime uh, from the high income folks, but uh, you're very likely to have a policeman show up if you don't uh, explain what's going on. So like I do most doors when I used to go manufacture spending, I walked up, I introduced myself. I'm not wearing shady clothing. I don't have a hoodie on covering my eyes and my face. I'm not looking for where <laughs> the cameras are. You know, what can I possibly do to make this go? Okay. Because I'm after the points here and this is a very easy avenue to make points. So I talk to the cashier first. I introduce myself, ask them how they're doing. I always have like a business card with me. Uh, very rarely have the Facebook group up uh, to show like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to you know, pay for this. Here is, I have my passport and my driver's license with me with the credit card that matches my name. So they know this is my credit card. And I give them a 30 second spiel of this is what I would like to do. Your store policy is that you don't have any limits. I would like to buy all of these gift cards that you have here in stock today. Uh, is this going to be okay? Have you ever tried to ring up a transaction this large? I've called my credit card company. They know that a $10,000 charge from Hogansville, Georgia is going to be coming and they're okay with that. Can we make this happen? And when I do this, the vast majority of the time back in the day, uh, it wasn't a problem. They look at you like you're crazy. Uh, some of them call the manager over, <laughs> but they, uh, they don't have a problem with it. They say, that's pretty cool. Um, we're happy to try it. So that's what we did. We rung it up. And uh, there's not too many other places to shop in Hogansville, Georgia. By the time we were done ringing it up, I had a bit of a crowd around me, which I don't like. Obviously, you can very quickly become a target, and they're going to say, hey, this dude's walking out the front door in Hogansville, Georgia with 10 grand of activated <laughs> gift cards. We should probably go see where he's going to go and follow him and get some of that. You know, so I don't <laughs> like this stuff, but I can tell you um, – there was a crowd around. Everybody starts asking questions. I say crowd, five or six people. All the cashiers are over wondering if this thing's actually going to go down and happen. The manager's standing there with her arms crossed. Um, and I swiped the card and it went through, signed the receipt, told them thanks a lot. Um, they all wanted to join the Facebook group. I have many cashiers and people who've helped me make points over the years. And uh, $10,000 plus fee uh, charge showed up from Dollar General in Hogansville, Georgia. And I made a lot of points in about uh, 15 minutes. So that is why I spent $10,000 at Dollar General. I think that would probably be a very exclusive, if this is even a club anybody would want to join, <laughs> a club of people that spend $10,000 at Dollar General. So this is the kind of crazy stuff that people do on a daily basis. I used to do on a daily basis. But, uh, Ed, what's been your exposure and your thoughts around manufacturer spend and these kinds of stories uh, like mine? Yeah, so, I mean, the 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 – 
my ex- entire experience with manufactured spend can be can be summed up in two buckets. The first bucket is uh, the dollar coins. Way back in the day, um, I used to buy some dollar coins from the mint back when the mint would ship them for free, um, and uh, we did not uh, we didn't redeposit them in our bank account. We used them for things that we used to pay cash for coffee, taxi cab, stuff like that to increase our mileage journey. But I know I had friends, I'm sure you had friends who bought them, you know, $10,000 at a time and then brought them back to the bank. Um, and then I, I tested out vanilla reloads, uh, twice, um, uh, a, a few years ago. Good old vanilla reloads. Yes. Yeah. Just to see, I wanted to understand from a reader standpoint, you know, what this was. And I went through it twice at CVS and then just decided that at least for me from a time and you know, return money standpoint all that just wasn't wasn't worth it for me personally because i could earn miles for my business travel and i just sort of said you know that's it i'm good but it, you're as you say there are a lot of people that go down this path i don't i mean i don't necessarily have a, a, some of the quote-unquote morality issues that some folks um have, have expressed with it I, I think the way i look at it is you know, you understand that you're not doing things that the the credit card companies like. You're not in violation of their terms and conditions by any stretch of the imagination. But they, this isn't what this isn't the sort of customer they're hoping for. And so, if they decide to close your account, that's their that's their right as a business. And so, you're that's the risk that you're taking that you wouldn't be able to get credit from them in the future because you risked your account today on. Um, on using your credit cards to earn miles in a way that they would prefer you did. It is very much like a casino, in my opinion, where you can play by the rules, but you can figure out loopholes mm-hmm. in the system and you can do well and win. And then the the pit boss or the uh, floor manager comes over and says, congratulations, but uh, we would appreciate you not coming in anymore. That's the same thing the credit cards are yeah. doing where they're like, good for you, uh, slow clap, applause, but uh, get out. We don't want you to be our customer anymore. And that's the risk that people play. And especially these days, the credit card companies are are well aware of what's going on, Uh, especially companies like Chase and American Express have new technology and information to know exactly what you're buying. And they can develop patterns. And they very quickly are telling people these days, thanks for playing goodbye. So that, along with some of the financial risk of these things, are why I've almost brought this to a screeching halt for me. I still want to be earning Chase Ultimate Rewards 5, 10, 15 years down the future and flying these wonderful flights. Uh, And it's just not worth it to me. Uh, So I don't mess with the banks um, like I might have done back in my young wild days. (laughs) (laughs) And the other flip side of this is the number of things I've had go wrong. So ladies and gentlemen, manufacturer spend, it sounds good and great. And it sounds like a simple process when you, if you know somebody who does it, the way they explain it, you're like, Oh, I can do that. I'm telling you right now, you have no comprehension to the number of things that can go wrong in a quote unquote simple process until you actually do this all the way through one day, buying what you're going to buy, turning it, liquidating it into cash and paying off your credit card bill. Each of those steps has four or five hurdles that could go wrong. And when these things go wrong, there is no easy fix. All the companies and businesses involved will point their finger at each other. And the vast majority of the time, you are left with the liability on your hand. Here's a case that happened to me a couple years ago when I first moved back to Georgia. MasterCard gift cards were on sale at Office Depot for like $10 off. It was actually the way they had it. I don't remember why now, but you came out with like a $1.90 profit for every two MasterCard $200 gift cards you bought. These were back when they were issued by, uh, I think it was U.S. Bank. They were always getting hacked. 
I bought like $2,000, $3,000 in MasterCard gift cards with my Chase Inc. card, made 15000 ultimate rewards, headed off to my usual liquidation spot. And by the time I got there, the balances on these MasterCard gift cards have been drained. Ugh. It's kind of well documented now that there was an inside deal with whoever used to issue these cards. And they would just sit there waiting for the cards to be activated. They had bots waiting for it. They would get notified. And then they would drain the card immediately on some purchase. When this happened, as we sit here today, almost two years later, I still do not have all my money back. And I'm still going through constant mailing. I'm talking about physical mail. Physical faxes are the only way you can communicate with these companies to try and get this money back. Uh, because Office Depot washes their hands up and says, you had an activated gift card when you came out of here. You got to talk to the card issuer. When you call the card issuer, you wait on hold for about 90 minutes. You got to fax in, fax in physical copies of the receipt, the front and back of the card. You got to send in a, a freaking validated signature that this is your story and testament and get it notarized. You got to wait three to six weeks for it to come back and them to register it for you. It just goes on and on for months. I'm t- almost two years later, Ed, I don't have my money back from these cards. Not to think about, hey, what if I had gotten in that Dollar General, got in my car after the Dollar General and had a car accident on the way there and I got $10,000 in gift cards sitting in my car? What if they burn up? What if they get lost? What if I get robbed? It just on and on and on. And people far too often throw a blind eye to these things or they get newbies excited who go out. And the number of stories I've gotten in private messages I still get with people messaging or emailing me in a panic for help because one of these things has happened to them. And they are out thousands of dollars before they know it because they jumped in too fast and too deep. Man, it is just insane. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, there's risks. And I think we I don't think people necessarily categorize those risks appropriately. And, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear about your story and that you're still chasing it. I, um, I, I had a short story, which much more quote unquote in the legitimate, uh, you know, non manufactured spending, if you will, I buy a bunch of Amazon gift cards, um, from office depot, uh, to get, uh, five, five points per dollar on my chase Inc card. Um, and we use those Amazon cards, uh, for our businesses. It's actually, a, it works very well for us for some of our stores that have access to Amazon to buy things so that I don't have to have a manager running to the store for pens. Um, we bought, uh, either two or three thousand dollars worth of gift cards at one point, and none of the cards activated. And uh, Office Depot pointed the finger at um, the uh, activation company, um, and 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 Blackhawk pointed it back at Office Depot. And then the Office Depot corporate told the store to write me a check. And the store is like, we don't, we don't have three thousand dollars in petty cash. And uh, it took um, it, it took me just shy of twelve weeks. I, got, I finally got the money, but I was I mean I was out three grand until until they fixed it. And for yep. a, for a perfectly and that credit card bill is still due. <laughs> right, exactly for a perfectly legitimate purchase. So you're right, there are risks, and and you should definitely be aware of those risks before you jump in. It uh, is amazing when I see people go out and brag about what they've done or they drop hints on social media about what they've done, which is just madness to me these days because the credit card companies don't like this behavior. But also it's just irresponsible, I think, when you encourage newbies to go out and do this stuff without adequately explaining uh, those risks. And then that's the thing. If you can't liquidate these things or they get stolen, I, some of the horror stories I've heard um, – Mike Graziano, I don't think he's going to mind me sharing this because he tells the story at uh, a lot of the conferences and things we go to. Uh, he had gone to uh, Simon Mall, which is a well-known place to go buy uh, gift cards these days. Put them in his bag, and he got off the train and left his backpack with over $5,000 in gift cards on the train. 
Um, and it was ta- and it was taken. Now he is a smart man who um, had luckily copied down all the card information from each card onto his laptop and had the cards. But I think he was still out a few thousand dollars before he was able to uh, drain those gift cards before the thieves. Um, which can you imagine those thieves going through and stealing a backpack and literally thinking they've just hit the lottery? Like you've stolen a backpack <laughs> open for an iPhone and you have five thousand dollars in Visa gift cards in there. <laughs> like those guys thought that they were the luckiest people in the world. But this is the things that happen all the time. And if you're not aware of it, um, you're going to be out money. I, besides the money, the banks know what you're doing. If you're going to go and buy something like a gift card on an American Express card to meet your minimum spend, they're going to deny you your bonus these days. It's just that's just what's going to happen to get what's called a level three data from the merchant so they know exactly what you bought. And it's not worth it, ladies and gents. Uh, so... That's my story of manufacturer spin and why I've almost stopped. Not to mention, it is incredibly time-consuming. And the organization you have to have in spreadsheets, it is an entire business. So while it was great a few years ago, I've decided uh, that it's just not for me right now. And that while the landscape is so dynamic in this space, I will not be going to any Dollar General anytime soon to buy or spend $10,000 in one transaction. Ed, it has been a crazy week for both of us, but I'm excited as I have a trip coming up. You always have a trip. Are you going somewhere for business this week? I am going somewhere for business this week, so I'm going to live vicariously through uh, through your trip. Why don't we just Why don't we just say that? <laughs> Very much uh, looking forward to it whenever it happens. And man, I hope we we don't have any more hurdles. I sure hope so either. Hey, it would do me a huge favor if you go and subscribe to the War Travel 101 podcast and rate us wherever you can find us, Spotify, uh, iTunes Store, uh, and what are all the places we're on now? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, subscribe and rate. We'd love it. We love it so much. That also goes for Ed's podcast over on the Miles to Go. He takes, uh, whereas I think we're storytellers over here on the War Travel 101 podcast, uh, Ed is a current events uh, data teller and you really don't want to miss some of the deals that he talks about and he always has uh, guests on like jen from deals we like telling you the latest and greatest things that you don't need to miss so if you like stories for those long drives we're here at the war Trev 101 podcast if you want data and great deals you need to go listen to it over at miles to go it's been a fun as always Ed. i appreciate you being my five foot one are you getting shorter in your old age what are you like 73 now i am i'm starting to hunch over are you a million miler with united not yet i have three million with american and then i i switched over to united oh so see this is why united stole your hundred seventy thousand miles they wouldn't do this with american <laughs> something much worse would happen with american that's what you want to do <laughs> we'll be back next week on the war travel one podcast i hope everybody has a great week The Award Travel 101 podcast is brought to you by Thrifty Traveler Premium. Over 80 international flight deals a month delivered right to your inbox. Never miss a cheap flight or a mistake fare again. Sign up today for free at thriftytraveler.com slash AT101.